Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. We come now to our scripture readings, and I'm going to start with a reading from John 14, which isn't the one that's up on the screen. That's coming in a minute. Um, so we're starting with John 14, but I'm reading from the Passion Translation, which will be a little bit different from the NIVs that you have in your pews. And it's chapter 14, beginning to read at verse 12. I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do, even greater miracles than these, because I go to be with my Father. For I will do whatever you ask in my name. And that is how the Son will show what the Father is really like and bring glory to him. Ask me anything in my name and I will do it for you. Loving me empowers you to obey my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another Saviour, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me and he will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him, but you know him intimately because he remains with you and will live inside you. I promise that I will never leave you helpless or abandon you as orphans. I will come back to you. Soon I will leave this world and they will see me no longer, but you will see me because I will live again and you will come alive too. So when that day comes, you will know that I am living in the Father and that you are one with me, for I will be living in you. Those who truly love me are those who obey my commands. Whoever passionately loves me will be passionately loved by my Father and I will passionately love you in return and will manifest my life within you. So that was John 14, and now two very short readings from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning to read at verse 4. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And then in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. May God bless the reading of his word. You know, I love it when I have a confirmation of what I'm supposed to be doing. And I didn't have one this morning before I got here, but 
Gerald gave me one. Thank you, Gerald, because he told me that he was going to use Psalm 18 to start off his prayers, and it speaks about a stronghold. What a stronghold our God is. And he is the stronghold that we can turn to, the safe place that we can go to, the rock on which we can stand. And I'm going to be talking about strongholds this morning, but I want you to keep that picture in your mind first because I'm talking about another kind of stronghold, the strongholds that we build up to keep him out. And so thank you, Gerald, for that. The verses that he read came just before the one that I gave you about the children doing their praises and shutting Satan's mouth. So thank you, Lord. We are supposed to be having this this morning. Now, when I was here at the beginning of December, which was a long time ago, so we probably don't remember, but we looked at Ichabod, where is the glory, and discovered that the glory, the glory of God was not lost, but amazingly, the glory is in us. We, God's people, are the carriers of God's glory. But we ask the question, if that is so, if we are carrying God's glory, why is there so little evidence of God's glory in the church today? And I don't mean just our church, I mean the church all over. Because we've just read in John what Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same great works I have done and even greater works, because I am going to be with the Father. But when I look at much of the church, I struggle to see God's people demonstrating God's mighty power, as Jesus did. So in WOW, which is Women of the Word, our weekly worship, prayer, and Bible study group, we've been looking at what might be holding us back from letting out God's glory in particular, strongholds. And I do apologize to my wow ladies now, because you, you know this, you've heard this all before. Uh, but strangely, this subject of strongholds has been cropping up in several different places, and it's certainly something that God is speaking to me at the moment about. It's a huge topic, and we can only scratch the surface this morning. But let's look briefly about, the word, about what the word says about strongholds. Strongholds that we build up to keep our faith at bay. And our key, morning, our key reading this morning is from Corinthians, the one that I've just read you, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 10. Let's hear it again. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. That might not say quite what I was reading because I'm reading from the New Living Translation there. But that reading tells us that these kinds of strongholds, or we could call them mindsets, come from human reasoning. They're our thoughts, they're our beliefs, our ideas, and they might be based on wrong teaching, or as the New Living Translation puts it, false arguments. Paul calls them proud obstacles 
that keep people from knowing God. Maybe parts of our life or lifestyle that we hang on to and are unwilling to give up. Things that get in the way of our relationship with God. Paul speaks about rebellious thoughts, thoughts and ideas that go against what God's word says, disobedience, in fact. And the Passion Translation puts it like this, for although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. And I like that definition of a stronghold, the defenses behind which people hide. And it goes on to say, we can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. So what does Paul mean when he talks about deceptive fantasies? These are the false beliefs that lots of folk who perhaps even go to church on a Sunday then indulge in during the week. Things like checking their horoscopes, having a good luck charm, dabbling in the occult with palm readings or tarot cards, having a statue of Buddha in the garden or the house, all kinds of things in that vein. A few years ago, quite a few years ago now, I brought back from a holiday in North America a beautiful Native American piece of pottery and I displayed it proudly in my front room. I loved this pot, it was beautiful. But sometime later, I was confronted with this teaching from Paul, and I realized through the Holy Spirit's prompting what the decorations around the bowl were. They were Native American spirit gods, and the bowl had to go. It was sad, but it went. And similarly, I had an attractive dream catcher, which my American friend sent me, but when I realized its spirit origins, I'm afraid it went on the bonfire. You know, these things seem innocent, but their roots come from practices and beliefs that are not of God, and they get in the way of our relationship with God. We can come to rely on these things rather than relying on God. We don't have to be paranoid about this, but we do need to ask the Holy Spirit to show us if there are things in our homes, in our gardens, in our activities that we take part in that are not in alignment with God's word. I know a certain lady who likes to attend lots of different churches according to her feelings on the day. She also likes to attend other activities in the week that are very contrary to God's teachings, dabbling with spiritualists and pagan worship. And it's like a bit of pick and mix I'll have a little bit of this, I'll have a little bit of that, and it's a bit like hedging our bets. You know, our God is King of Kings. He's Lord of Lords. He's high and above all kingdoms, principalities, and authorities. And he's certainly not just one of several options we can turn to. And so we need to guard our activities and what we allow in our homes. And that includes what we watch on television, what we read, 
how much time we spend on, on social media and on our phones. Paul also talks about arrogant attitudes, things raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. For example, when we have the attitude that we as individuals or as a, a church decide that our denomination is better than or superior to someone else, that we have the only way, that our way is the right way and everybody else is wrong. Or maybe that we're too important to take on a menial task for God or too afraid or lacking in self-esteem. It's when we say, I can't, I couldn't, or we have a that's-not-for-me attitude. Are we living in the true knowledge of God and what he says about us and who we are in Christ, or are we in defiance? Are there certain things, certain situations where we say no to God? I'll do anything, but I won't do that. Jesus himself says in Matthew 18, verse 3, and this spoke very powerfully to me, learn this well, unless you dramatically change your way of thinking and become teachable and learn about heaven's kingdom realm with the wide-eyed wonder of a child, you will never be able to enter in. And you know, as we get older, our minds become closed to all kinds of things and we shut ourselves off from what God would want us to know and to do. So do we read and hear and take on board what God says about us and our relationship with him? And yet we don't live in that knowledge of who we are in Christ in our daily lives. And that's a whole big topic in itself. If we want to have a closer relationship with God, we need to tackle these strongholds, these mindsets that we put up as barriers or hide behind. And it's something we have to want to do. And it's something that we have to do for ourselves with the help of the Holy Spirit. First, asking him to show us what our strongholds are, what our wrong thoughts, our wrong mindsets are. And it's not something we can do instantly. It's not a quick fix. We might have quite a few barriers up there. I had a picture of an onion skin, you know, an onion, and there are layers and layers and layers, aren't there? And we, we can't deal with, with what's going on at once. We can just do a bit at a time as the Holy Spirit shows us. It's a work in progress. Because it can be safe and comfortable in a stronghold. And we have to be willing to step out of its protection, just as Peter had to physically step out of the boat on the Sea of Galilee before he could walk on the water. And all the time, he had to keep his eyes on Jesus. And that's so important that what I'm talking about is something that we do with him, with the help of the Holy Spirit. Romans 12, verse 2 says, Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit, through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. 
the old life is gone, a new life has become. The attitudes and the thoughts that we harbour inside make us the person that we are on the outside. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, As a person thinks in his heart, so is he. We had a, a story of a, a guy who was on holiday in Hong Kong recently, and he was walking through Kowloon, looking at all the tattoo parlours, and he was looking at all the, um, the, the designs that you could have tattooed on your body, and he saw one which absolutely horrified him, because it said, born to lose. And he thought, who on earth would put that tattoo on their body? And he was so disturbed about it, he went into the shop to, to ask the guy, said, does anyone actually ask to have Born to Lose tattooed on them? And he said, yes, it's quite a popular one for people to have. And he said, why would anyone want to have that tattooed? And he said, before tattoo on body, tattoo on mind. It's a mindset that already they are born to lose. And how awful that someone would have that tattooed on them. You know, when we come to Christ and become a new person, a new creation, we may still harbour some of those old thoughts and attitudes from our old life. Because we're all products of our upbringing, of our former lives, of everything we've experienced. And as we read God's word, which tells us who we are in Christ, a new creation, dearly beloved, precious to him. We filter it through our past experiences. It's like a, a kind of a blocker on our eyes. And that can cause us to doubt, to step back. Our core beliefs which form our identity come from our childhood, from our parents, from our siblings, our teachers. As a teacher, I remember things that I've probably said to children which I, I wish I hadn't, said to parents, which I wish I hadn't, because in that moment, that will have caused hurt, um, and I wish I hadn't. You know, our friends' influence, our partners, our work colleagues, even the media, a huge variety of influences, and some of those influences will have been negative, speaking self-doubt, wrong perceptions and ideas that are contrary to what God says about us. Negative words, negative influences, and they limit us, and they limit our thoughts and our actions. It's interesting to see the difference between Christians who've come to Christ having been brought up in a church family, and those who've come to Christ with no church background. Because many of those brought up in church find themselves limited by the rules and traditions of their old church bringing, upbringing. I do, because I remember what I had to do in church when I was a little girl, and through Sunday school, and through youth club, and I still remember the rules and the regulations and how we had, we had to behave. But there's a contrast in the freedom that unchurched believers have to worship without bounds. And sometimes we impose those restrictions on others without thinking about where those limits we set ourselves have come from. So today, as we approach the season of Lent, and maybe we set aside some extra time to study our Bibles and to meditate on God's word more seriously, 
our challenge is to ask ourselves before God if we are bound by strongholds, by mindsets that stop us from having that closeness with God, having that freedom in Christ. It's what one writer calls stinking thinking. I quite like that phrase. It stops us from being those new creations that we're meant to be. Stops us from being those glory carriers that we talked about when we talked about Ichabod. We sang with the children, didn't we? I am a city on a hill. I am a light in the darkness. We're supposed to be the ones that carry God's light, that are the glory carriers, that take God's light and his presence into every situation. As we read God's word daily, we need to be asking and allowing the Holy Spirit to give us revelation of who we are in Christ and to bring about changes in our thought patterns as we read. We need to be reading the word and reading it right, not reading it through that filter that comes from all the influences that we've grown up with, but reading what it says and then acting on who God says we are and what we can do. Yielding to the word, letting those stronghold walls that say I can't or I won't come down and say in your strength, Lord, I can and I will. Surrender to it and allow it to change us. So how can we do that? It's not easy to change the habits of a lifetime, but with God's help we can. And I was greatly helped in this, and we've talked about this with my ladies in WOW, that there are two rules, the rule of concentration and the rule of substitution. And, you know, what we dwell on, what we focus on, what we think about, what we concentrate on is what kind of makes us work. And the more we think of God's word, the more we think of good things, then the more it helps us. In, in living God's, God's life. Joshua 1.8 says, Study this book of instructions continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. And someone said that our minds can only hold one thought at a time. I, I did share with my ladies that I thought a man wrote this because I'm not sure that's true. But... A bad thought should be able to be substituted by a good thought. For example, when I think I can't, I can substitute it with, in God's strength, I can do all things according to his will and purpose. When I think I'm afraid, I can substitute it with, do not be afraid. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And we could think of many, many positive, uplifting, enabling verses that can replace and overrule the negatives. And that's another whole subject that we could look at another time. So to finish, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 says this. And this, this verse is actually written in Latin on the walls and the entrance hall of Broadcasting House in London. Interesting. Fix your minds on what is true, honourable and right, and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. 
keep putting into practice all that you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. So as we draw close to Lent, which begins on Wednesday, when we perhaps deliberately take some time to step aside and spend more time reading God's word, let's endeavour to try prayerfully, with the help of the Holy Spirit, to identify these strongholds, these mindsets that we hang on to, and one by one demolish them so that God's glory can be seen in and through us. Let's pray. And I'm going to use the words of Psalm 18 to ask the Holy Spirit to help us identify these strongholds that we may be hiding behind. Lord God, as it says in Psalm 18, would you turn on a floodlight for each one of us? Would you be the revelation light in our darkness? And as we meditate on these verses on strongholds in 2 Corinthians 10, let your brightness shine and illuminate your word so that we can see the way ahead and realize what are those strongholds we have raised to hide behind or keep you out. Thank you that your word says that with you as our strength, we can crush that enemy horde and advance through every stronghold that stands in front of us. Show us one by one the attitudes and defences we hold on to and hide behind that need to be dealt with so that we can be effective glory carriers for you. And thank you, Lord, that the only stronghold that we need to be associated with is that one that you provide for us, that place of safety, that place of confidence, that place of security on the rock, which is Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.